Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading The Mystical Temple of God by St. Stanislaus of Jesus and Mary Papchinsky from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with chapter 21, part 4, pages 646 through 649. Chapter 21, The Restoration of the Mystical Temple, part 4. To forgive those who wrong us and to be reconciled with our enemies, this, I say, is not just peculiarly Christian, but distinctly divine. For in what manner do we more express the goodness of God than in forgiving offenses and loving our enemies? Indeed, the goodness of God shone out most brightly for us in this, that he reconciled us to himself through his Son, while we were his enemies, not only granting us forgiveness of our sins, but willing to sacrifice him for us in order to satisfy justice. Emphasizing this, the apostles said, When we were still weak, at the appointed time Christ died for the wicked. For hardly anybody dies for a just person, although someone might perhaps dare to die for a good man. Furthermore, God commends his charity to us, since while we were still sinners, Christ died at the appointed time for us. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. That's Romans chapter 5, verse 10. Weigh out each of the points as you read it, and imitate what is said there as far as this is allowing is allowed for man. Who would give his debtor the money with which he may repay the debt contracted, who, that his enemy may not die, is willing to die for his sake. The Son of God did this for us, our Creator and Savior. Shall we then, out of love for him, not give pardon to those who ask for it? Shall we not show favor to our enemies? It was St. Ubald, Bishop of Gubbio, who showed this favor after being humiliated, by a despicable man to the bottom of his heels. Thus, intending to avenge this contempt, he inflicted a great wound on his enemy, a kiss. Our Savior prompted us to this kind of mercy when he advised, saying, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift that's from Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24. Listen to this, you who nurture never-ending hatreds and foster continual rancor in your hearts. You are waiting for a chance for vengeance. And meanwhile, in the Most Holy Eucharist, with Judas, you give kisses to the Christ the Lord. If your trespasses are to be forgiven you, as you are used to forgive your enemies, then your salvation is lost you have perished. Therefore love your enemies, as Jesus urges, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. See Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45. To console the afflicted, not only by words, but also by deeds, is a mercy not easily attained. Dido boasted of such a mercy in the poem of Virgil. My own acquaintance with misfortune has been teaching me to help others who are in distress. 
Once an exile herself from Tyre, she gave a most kind welcome to the exile Aeneas on behalf of the whole of Carthage. This was indeed helping the afflicted by deeds, and she was a Gentile. In addition to words full of consolation, the faithful friends gave some gifts to Job. Each one gave him a piece of money and a gold ring. That's from Job chapter 42, verse 11. John comforted the most blessed virgin, the mother of God, shattered by the most cruel death of her most beloved son. From that hour when he closed our most loving Savior in the tomb, he took her into his home. John chapter 19, verse 27. Encouraging his disciples, our heavenly teacher said, Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. That's from John chapter 14, verse 27. By contrast, the prophet, weeping over Jerusalem, sang, Bitterly she weeps at night, tears upon her cheeks, with no one to console her of all her dear ones. Her friends have all betrayed her and become her enemies. From the book of Lamentations, chapter 1, verse 2. What is more painful than not to have someone who shows sympathy in one's grief? What is more wicked than to add affliction to the afflicted? Beware of this, Christians, and when you can, cheer even your enemy when he is distressed. Victorious Alexander had mercy upon the defeated Darius. Such things are not convenient for us, and yet we are commanded to weep with the weeping of the apostle. And Christ our King and lawgiver did not teach us anything else by his example when, on seeing the city in which he was soon to be killed, shortly to be ruined, he wept over it. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. One who knows his own weakness readily shows sympathy towards the spiritual fall of others. Philip Neary, that most renowned father, used to say when he heard that somebody had committed a rather grave sin, may God keep me from doing worse things. Certainly, if a disaster suffered by our neighbor can at times elicit our tears, a spiritual downfall ought to elicit them more. For what is more unfortunate than a man to be made an enemy of God through sin? Such men are to be helped and comforted in every way. From this is derived another work. Well, St. Stanislaus then turns to a very challenging spiritual work of mercy, to forgive those who wrong us and to be reconciled with our enemies. St. Stanislaus states that by forgiving offenses and loving our enemies, we truly express the goodness of God. There is a famous saying from a pope from the 17th century, to err is human, to forgive divine. God the Father reconciled us to himself through the death of his son Jesus on the cross while we were still alienated from him through our sins. St. Stanislaus states that it is rare to find those who are willing to die on behalf of a good person. We can think of St. Maximilian Kolbe, who offered his own life on behalf of a father who was to be put to death in the death camp. He was crying because of his, uh, f his family, his wife and his children, and St. Maximilian stepped forward and said, I'll die on his behalf. 
But Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life for us while we were still sinners and wicked. We need to follow the example of Jesus. On the cross, he gave the benefit of the doubt to his executioner, saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus advises us in the Gospels to be reconciled with our enemies, with those to whom we owe something. He advises us not to nurture hatred in our hearts as we seek opportunities for vengeance. St. Stanislaus then turns to the next spiritual work of mercy, to console the afflicted. This consolation can be shown by both words and deeds. He quotes a passage from the famous Roman poet Virgil. A character in the poem, a pagan, learns the importance of helping those in need because of her own experiences of distress. He also looks at an example from the book of Job, and then St. Stanislaus cites the example of St. John, the beloved, who took the Blessed Virgin Mary into her his home and comforted her after the death of her son Jesus on the cross. St. Stanislaus even invites us to comfort our enemies who grieve because we are all children of the one God. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.